0: Welcome to the faith assembly podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today It is our desire at faith to help you connect grow and go in your walk with God We hope you're encouraged by this message from pastor Steve If you have your Bible with you, would you go ahead and begin to turn with me to Luke chapter 10? and then holding a place in Luke chapter 10 also find a spot in John's gospel the fourth chapter John's Gospel, the fourth chapter. For the last several weeks, we have been engaged in a series of messages entitled Connect, Grow, and Go, and during that time, we have explained to you that that is the model for ministry here at Faith Assembly Church. That is the why associated with the what that we do we're we're aiming to connect people to an active faith in jesus christ and to his body we're aiming to disciple people and and help them to grow in the things of the lord and help them to grow in their understanding of who they are in christ and who christ is and what's available to them as a believer and then finally we believe that a church that is connected to christ and that is growing in christ as Pastor Lisa has already said this morning, needs to be a going church. Needs to be a church that is going out. If, if any of you went to uh, any place and you found a phenomenal sale on some goods, you would be out in the highways and the hedges telling all your friends and neighbors and loved ones about the great deal that you had found and i don't know about you but when i traded his beauty for my ashes when i traded the oil of gladness for my morning it was a wonderful exchange and i hope that you're excited today to tell people about what jesus christ is doing in your life so uh, today's message we've we've talked about plugging in we've talked about growing up and today we're going to talk about going out so we're going to be going out today And I want to turn your attention first to Luke chapter 10. And we're going to find an unusual phenomenon here in Scripture as we look at Jesus' words here in the opening verses of Luke chapter 10. Because hardship and difficulty is not an uncommon subject in the Bible. How many of you know that that the Bible often speaks of difficulties? However, a lot of the time when the Bible speaks of these attending difficulties of life, it also gives us an offsetting hope. Because we we learn of the difficulties of life and then we hear phrases like, but God. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. There's the crisis of the moment. But God. In this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world, we hear Jesus say. The apostle Paul says, I am pressed but not crushed. I am persecuted but not abandoned. I am struck down but I am not destroyed. There's always that anecdotal, not anecdotal, anecdotal hope that is issued immediately following the trouble. But in this passage in particular, Jesus is going to make a statement that expresses an urgency that should just absolutely arrest our hearts this morning and should hold us captive in contemplation and thought as we consider his words. Yet there is no comforting, offsetting, but God phrase that's associated with it. In fact, we find here in verse 1 of Luke chapter 10, it says, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. How many of you believe that God is on the move? How many you believe that God is on the move? You believe he's headed somewhere? How many of you believe that he's headed to your lost co-worker's heart? How many of you believe he's headed into that Walmart? How many of you believe that he's headed to that person who's dining at the seahorse? How many of you believe that he's headed to your lost relatives? And here in the passage it says that Jesus sent out people before him. Everywhere that he was about to go there was somebody going ahead of him preparing the way and sowing the seeds because some sow and some water but God gives the increase and and here is jesus here and he's he's getting ready to make this statement and it says then he said to them the harvest is truly great but the laborers are few the harvest is truly great but the laborers are few and with this very opening statement of this verse verse number two here we are confronted with a critical situation As we often are, we're not unaccustomed to seeing the critical situations in Scripture. However, we are often accustomed to being rescued from that critical situation with a hope. But in this place here, Jesus ushers us towards a critical situation, but He leaves us in a state of crisis. And I want to tell you today, church, I believe that the body of Christ is in a state of crisis this morning. As a matter of fact, I know statistically speaking, I saw an alarming statistic this week from the Barna Group about the number of believers that feel that it is appropriate to share their faith with the lost and unbelieving world. It was stunning. It was stunning to know that nearly half of self-professing Christians think that it is wrong to tell others about the life that they have found in Christ Jesus. And here we are at this point, we're, we're here at a critical situation and Jesus leaves us in a state of crisis. Now here's the critical situation, is that the fields are white. And, and you've you probably never considered this because I, I watch responses and, and having been to church all my life, I can tell you that, that this, when, when we hear Jesus say that the, the, the fields, the harvest fields are ready, we don't often get a sense of crisis there. don't we don't often understand the critical nature that's associated with this because we've got it in our minds some way or another that God is on the move and that we're going to come into this place we're gonna sing our song we're gonna speak our word we're gonna shout our praise and because there is a ripe harvest outside these doors just one day God's gonna unleash things and all of a sudden because we've been doing everything that we've been doing in this house they're just gonna come pouring in so we hear Jesus say the fields are white unto harvest and we say thank you Jesus but I want to tell you something what we ought to really be saying there is oh my God not not thank you G, but oh my God Lord help us Holy Spirit empower us God give us wisdom to know what to say give us a word in due season to speak to the lost and the dying and the hurting of this world because the fields are white unto harvest because the fields being white unto harvest don't speak of god's movement in this society and in this world but rather it speaks to the abundance of sinfulness and the opportunities that abound for you and i to be witnesses of the good news of jesus christ are you following And Jesus says the fields are white and that's indicative that the harvest was ripe to be gathered. Seeds had been sown, time had been fulfilled. The season of reaping was at hand. Now, you got to understand this. Jesus was speaking largely to an agrarian society. So they they really got this, right? Right off the bat. They understood. They knew exactly what he was saying and and how 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 critical this situation was and i don't know there may be some of you like me i grew up on the farm and i've done that thing and you know i i know what it is to be out on the uh, you know in the fields planting i know what it is to cultivate the fields and to see them grow and to to spray them and tend them and do all those things but i know there reaches a moment of critical mass called harvest time And if you don't think that harvest time is a critical season, you stop out by a field at 9, 10, 11 p.m. And you find the farmer in the field and tell him how ridiculous it is that he's out there at that hour of the night still working. And he'll tell you to a T how critical the harvest season is because what they understand that is often lost on us because we're not in the practice is this that if the harvest stays on the vine too long without the crop being brought in it's going to spoil there is an expiration date on the harvest season you leave the grain in the field too long it's going to begin losing weight you leave the fruit on the vine too long, it's going to begin to rot and fall off and deteriorate. There's only a short amount of time, and it's urgent, it's critical that you get into the field and you be reaping the harvest that's available. I used to, I grew up, and in my backyard we had a pear tree. And man, that pear tree put out every year i'm telling you friends and neighbors came from far and near and they brought with them bushel baskets empty bushel baskets and I've got a brother that's several years older than I am and and I remember as a little kid watching him climb that tree he would climb up that tree and he would stand on those boughs and and shake that tree and and the ripe pears would begin to fall off and rain down and and then our neighbors would just come and they would gather those baskets full and you know for whatever purpose they were making pear preserves or they were putting canned pears or whatever it is they wanted to do I didn't like pears I didn't eat pears I don't want no pear And, you know, so I didn't care what happened to the pears. But what I do know is this, that the ones that were left on the tree for too long, they fell on the ground, brown and rotten and mushy, and they made a mess. If you want to know what is wrong in the world today, church, let me tell you. It is that our Lord has said that the fields are white unto harvest and we've left the fruit on the vine until it's fallen to the ground and it's done nothing but made a stinking mess in the world around us. Little yellow jackets would come and blow all around them, rotten pears and sting my little legs. Anyway. Anyway. but the fruit will rot it's it's used, it's a moment of urgency when we hear Jesus say the, the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready. Understand this, church. When you hear Pastor Lisa stand in this place and say, we've got to be the hands and feet of Christ. We've got to be reaching out. We can't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've got to understand, it's a moment of urgency. It's a season of urgency because no man, that neighbor that you pass is not guaranteed tomorrow. That friend, that coworker is not guaranteed tomorrow. There will be an ex expiration date on their readiness to be brought into the kingdom of God it's a crisis you understand it's a it's a critical time it's a critical moment and then we're going to move from critical to crisis and here it is I, I want you to note that it doesn't say that the laborers are not available it simply denotes that they are few And I want you to look with me now to John chapter 4 and we're going to expand on this thought here for just a minute and I have a few ideas. This is a a passage where we find Jesus, I'm not sure that it's synoptic to what we read in Matthew and Luke but it's nonetheless it's dealing with the same subject matter and I believe there's something telling in John chapter 4 that's going to give us a little insight as to why the laborers are so few. But John chapter 4, you remember this you remember this narrative really well for different purposes and that is that in the opening of this, of this chapter here this is the narrative where we read about Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well and he's there and he ministers her we spoke about her just a couple of weeks ago and, and it says here we begin in verse 27 it says and at this point at this point what point? the point that Jesus has so effectively ministered to this lost and sin-filled woman that she has, she has had a life-change encounter with the living Christ and that she has left her water pot she came to the well looking for something to satisfy the physical longings but what she found instead was something that ministered to her heart and her spirit so deeply that the word says she left her water pot behind and went back to tell the people in her village hey if you want to know a man Who knows everything that you've ever done and still loves you and still wants to redeem your life and use you for God's glory in eternity then you'll come with me and I'll show you a man at this time at this time God is moving how many of you believe God is moving at this time God is moving and the disciples return with their bags of groceries they've been off grocery shopping Jesus has been here about the father's business and the disciples return from buying food and in verse 31 we read it says in the meantime his disciples urged him saying rabbi eat. now I think at least in my mind we we sometimes draw a different conclusion here with the word in the meantime and I want to explain here what the meantime is The meantime is in a synonymous parallel time at the same time at the same time so what we've seen here is at this time the time when God is moving the time when revival is about to break out in the land of Samaria at that time synonymous with that time parallel to that time in the meantime The disciples are saying Jesus why don't you get you something to eat why don't you have a little bread Jesus so basically this is happening simultaneously to something else what else is moving what else is happening God is moving God is moving and back to Pastor Lisa's illustration It's about God is moving, not what I need, not my to do list, not what I was hoping to get done today, but a sensitivity and an awareness that God is moving all around us. That God is moving. And the disciples are here. God is moving, revival is stirring, and the disciples are saying, urging Jesus to eat. But he said to them, this is what what Jesus replied. He said, I have food to eat of which you do not know. And these disciples are so spiritually inept, so blind to what's going on, so undiscerning that that their their thought is, Lord, who in the world done brought Jesus a sandwich out here by the well in Samaria? Who's, Who's brought him food? Because certainly in order for Jesus to say I have food that you it means that he's already eaten I want to tell you something this 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 statement is not to say that Jesus didn't need to eat Nor is it to say that he wasn't hungry at the time and I'm telling you church I know there are physical aspects of your life that need to be tended to I get it I'm human I need to eat I love to eat But it illustrates for us that my purpose and your purpose is so much greater than satisfying the desires of our flesh only And Jesus said to them my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work church There's something so much more satisfying than just meeting the needs of what I want and what I think and what I what I desire It's to do the will of God And jesus said if we would seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness then all these other things would be added to us as a matter of fact if we'd spend enough time seeking the kingdom of god we'd probably find out that the majority of the things we want are just frivolous to begin with and we would quit wasting our time spinning our wheels living anxious burned out stressed out lives because we'd understand we didn't need that anyway but the laborers were not unavailable they were just few and it's not that they were unavailable it's that they were unfocused because note this when Jesus says here to his disciples the fields are white unto harvest But the laborers are few. Understand this. He has gathered around him a group of people who are actively engaged in an evangelistic crusade. They are doing the proverbial work of the church. Yet they are woefully unaware of how God is moving and how God is stirring right there in their midst. And I've got to tell you this, church is filled week after week, not this one necessarily, but across this land with people who come in and go out, who are hung in the rigors of religion. They're hung in a habit. They're hung in a cycle. And they are coming in and going out in the name of Christ. But they are completely undiscerning as to God's presence in their midst and what he wants to do in them and what he wants to do through them because they're not focused oh no 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 they're they're not focused on the spiritual things you let somebody change the color of the carpet you let them move some of the furniture around then all of a sudden you find out where the focus is they're focused on the natural they're focused on the temporal they're focused on the things that satisfy me and stroke my wants and stroke my desires but if you tell them that God's moving come on out to the prayer service they don't care it's not that the laborers are unavailable it's that the laborers are unfocused the disciples are there they're engaged in active ministry they're going through the motions and that's why it's so important faith force if you're here if you serve in any capacity of this church we love you we appreciate everything that you do but you understand this we don't have any frivolous motions for you to go through week after week our anticipation is that you come to this place prayed up and available for God to use you and move through your life because we believe there's a spiritual assignment attached to the activity in which you're engaged that God wants to use you That you need to come into this place and yield yourself as a willing and available laborer to go out into the community Whatever it is, whatever it looks like to do the work of him who has sent us out So we always need to retain that focus On what we're really doing here John 4 35 Jesus says do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Fix your focus. Just, just, take, just take a minute to say, God, help me see what you're doing around me. I mean here's 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 this city that's on the brink of revival this woman has been miraculously transformed her life has been changed and she's gone back and she's done the very thing that jesus commissioned the church to do to go into all the world to make disciples to preach the gospel to compel them to come in all of those things are associated with the church that is the directive from god to the church And she's engaged in it actively. And here stand Jesus' disciples saying, Well, the Samaritan looks like he's got it under control. Let's have some bread. The missionaries that we sponsor around the world, they've got it under control. Let's have a potluck. Let's share some bread. Let's take care of the things that, that we, we want to take care of that are near and to our hearts. Let's, let's do those things. Let's, I tell you what, let's have a missionary in. Let's applaud ourselves on the money we've given. And let's just send them out and we'll just, we'll just take care of the things we need. Jesus says lift up your eyes and look at the fields. Look at the At the fields don't look for somebody to point your finger at and blame for the condition of the fields don't don't look at Hollywood and wag your bony finger and talk about look at the fields because I'm telling you if enough change happens in the world if enough people get saved sanctified full of the Holy Ghost the demand for the things that Hollywood's pushing out the trash and the garbage that they produce will begin to fall do you know why there's so much of that stuff in the world because it's acceptable to so much of the world It is craved by so much of the world. It's a demand that's there and they're just supplying the demand But if the church would rise up and set its focus and set its intent to be about the father's business And to reap every ripe fruit before it falls to the ground. I'm telling you the things would begin to change Jesus says pay attention because lost souls are hanging in the balance. There, there's a season for harvest, and then it's gone. There must be an urgency. Get your eyes off the temporal things of the world. Get in touch with what God is doing and wants to do. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Can I tell you what Jesus' disciples should have said? They should have come back from their grocery haul. You know, well, Pastor, they didn't have plastic bags. In the, I know that, but let's just modernize it for just a minute, okay? They should have come back in. With their grocery bags in hand surveyed what was going on around them dropped their grocery bags to the ground and said jesus I see that something's going on here. I sense, I perceive in my spirit that the Holy Ghost is moving and stirring in this moment. And yes, I'm hungry. Yes, I need something to eat. But more importantly, these people need to know Jesus. Lord, how are you going to use me right now? How are you going to work through me? How are you going to guide and direct my life to effect change in this situation? Here am I, Lord. Send me. How can we encourage this oh Lord somebody ought to praise you here's where the praise break ought to come in right here but no what what did they say what they say oh oh church is over now okay church is over we're done with that for the week did you hear the political speech this week did you did you know what's going on in the sports world this week Have, did you see the latest movie what did you think about that did you see the thing on Instagram Oh, this is getting quiet in here. Jesus says to them, no, 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 lift up your eyes. You, you know, all that stuff you're seeing on CNN, and Fox News and all of that, you know what? It's a distraction. It's a distraction to the body of Christ to get you all angst up and in your feels and take your focus off what really matters. And you're just sitting around gritting your teeth and grinding your nerves and, and, and grating all of your sanity on that garbage week in and week out and week in and week out. And there are people perishing in this world around us and we never open our mouth and utter the goodness of God. All we do is complain about the state of situations. Everywhere we can at work with the lost co-workers at at home with the lost family members on Facebook wherever we can put it We just blah 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 That was not in my notes by the way But Jesus says lift up your eyes See the urgency of the hour see the souls that are perishing and understand the need not only for an evangelist But to be an evangelist now we're going to return back to Luke chapter 10. And Jesus says, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. That's the, that's the critical situation in the crisis that's right there. The crisis is that the laborers are few. Why? Because it's critical that we get the harvest in before it spoils. But the laborers are few. Let me tell you, I know what it is. I know what it is to drive miles and miles and miles and say are you available to work today well no I'm not it's too hot I don't feel like it today no go and pass on and to look for laborers to go in the field and get the harvest and bring it in before it's too late and and here we are we return to Luke chapter 10 and Jesus says therefore why because there's a critical situation and a state of crisis therefore pray the lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest pray pray therefore because there's a critical situation church i want to tell you something today There is not a space in the time at hand when the altars of the church ought to be dry from the tears of weeping for those that are lost mourning and intercession that God would send revival But we've got to pray with an urgency Pray with an urgency and pray pray not only with an urgency though because that's not it we've also got to pray with a willingness because sometimes we we pray and we believe like prayer is the end all that's just it you know I'll, I'll ask you in, in a few minutes, you know, if you've got lost loved ones, if you want to stand in for them, if you want to believe God for their salvation, would you come forward? Everybody comes forward from all over the place and, and, and we just, we lay hands on you and we pray for you and we, we you know, we'll, we'll even, you know, just pray in the Holy Ghost together. You know what I'm saying? And then we go out of this place and nothing really changes in, in our interactions with these people. Because God's just going to do it. No, He's not. I'm telling you, the charge is, the Bible's full with filled with the charge that God's people would be a going people, a going people. And I want you to listen to the words of Jesus, his very next phrase, we're not going to even read the whole verse, well actually we will get to it, but Jesus says, therefore, and I, I don't like the division of this verse, it's, it's okay because understand this, the the numbers in the Bible the chapters and the verses, those were all put there as an editorial work, that's not divinely inspired and I believe that verse three, that number three there, I think it interrupts the thought he says, truly the harvest is great but the labors are few therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest go your way excuse me Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. What does that mean? That means as I pray and I seek God for the salvation of the lost, that I'm to do so not only with a sense of urgency, not only with with tears and weeping and, and intercession, but I'm also to pray with a spirit of willingness and a spirit that is aware and focused on what God wants to do, not only for me, not only in me, but also through me that others might know and be blessed as I'm out in the world saying, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I have been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor God's seed begging bread. Come on, somebody, and come and see a man who knew me when I was unlovable. Who understood the wretch that I would be yet 2,000 years ago he spread his arms willfully and sacred. you see you got to understand this when the farmer goes out and he sows the seed in the ground by and large most of the time he is investing his livelihood and if he doesn't reap a harvest he'll be ruined Do you understand that Jesus Christ has invested his life in this harvest and its urgent business of the church that we be out as laborers in the field? And then Jesus says, go your way. What, what, what? Jesus, that's lacking in specificity. I need some real direction, Lord. I need a word from God. There it is, go your way. Well, is that a call to pastoral ministry? No, it's not. Is that a call for me to be a missionary? Not necessarily. It may be, but it's not necessarily those things. It may be, like Pastor Lisa spoke about, your call to Walmart, your call to the restaurant, your call to the office space. You're called to the school. You're called to the campus. Wherever you are, go your way. But Be aware of the presence of God and the move of God. And go as if you are going before him, believing that you are sowing. Somebody else is going to be watering and God is going to give the increase. Yeah, pray. Pray for others to be awakened to the need, but go your way. you say well pastor it's dangerous out there you know I don't know if you're into all the politically correct things but it's not a good time to be no mm -mm. Uh, Jesus said I know I'm sending you out as lambs among the wolves but the psalmist said even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death that he is gonna be there with you Jesus said I will never leave you nor forsake you just go for crying out loud, just go. We don't have anything to lose. To, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. You've got nothing to lose. Share your faith. You say, well, I'm going to be embarrassed. You're not going to be embarrassed. They're going to be eternally regretful for not accepting your invitation. You say, well, I'm not sure I have what it takes. Well, don't worry about that. In fact, don't take anything at all. Verse four continues, carry neither money bag, knapsack nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. Listen, we've gotta live with a reliance on the provision of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to take this gospel to Greenville and to Winterville and to all of Pitt County, To the, take it to the office, take it to the grocery store, take it to the city park, carry the sweet fragrance of the presence of God everywhere you go. And when someone says there's something different about you, you say I am a life that has been changed and transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. And if you would care to know the way to eternal life I'd love to introduce you to a man who knows you at the core of who you are. All of your faults, all of your failures, all of your shortcomings, but he loves you with an undying love would just stand and I want to ask you today will you commit will you commit to lift your eyes to just live a life that compels you to an altar of sacrifice whereupon you cast your being and say Lord I'm here to present my body a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto you Lord realign my pursuits realign my passions Lord until the the very heartbeat that I have is matched and meshed to the heartbeat that you have and God stir me and move in my life till I can see the fruit on the vine and I care that they hang there in peril without being brought into the safety the shelter of the storehouse will you commit to prayer to pray urgently but not only urgently but also willfully and will you commit to being available the prophet Isaiah had a vision of the Lord and the word of the Lord came and said to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed who's going to speak for us Who's going to share our message? Finally we come to that great moment when the prophet Isaiah says, Here am I Lord, send me. Very simply this morning, I want to offer a couple opportunities opportunity number one is this that if you are in this place today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior I want to meet you right here at the front of this altar you can you can wave at me you can flag me down you can grab me by the shirt sleeve whatever you need to do but let's settle the old account today and you can leave this place knowing that eternity is sure through the finished work of Calvary and the blood applied to your life. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.